Paul prays for the church to be filled with thankfulness and love. And reading is from 1 Thessalonians, the third chapter. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith? Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. This is the word of the Lord. In today's gospel, we praise the King who comes to save us. Please rise. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 19th chapter. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, you shall say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. This is the gospel of the Lord. Okay, so now we've come full circle. Last Sunday we, we celebrated the end of the church year, the last Sunday of our church year, and now we're back at the beginning, the first Sunday in Advent. And this is our season of preparation for celebrating Christ's birth, Christ's coming, for, for God beginning to work out the fulfillment of a promise that he made way back then. That's what it said in the Jeremiah lesson, that he was now going to fulfill his promise that he had made to his people and that he was going to come back, that he was going to come into the world and he was going to do what was just and what was right and that his name was going to be the Lord is our righteous salvation. So it's the beginning of that program that God had set up that he was going to work out. And so now during this season of Advent, we start to prepare to celebrate that. And we prepare by looking into ourselves, by looking into our hearts, by looking at our our need for a Savior. And so what we're going to talk about today is the comings of Christ. And I want to begin with the first coming, because that's the one that we're really talking about. 
It's interesting that the lesson that we chose uh, that was assigned for the gospel lesson today is his entry into Jerusalem, which was on Palm Sunday. And I thought it was kind of curious that we would use that lesson until we got down to verse 38. Once he's coming in, he's on the the back of this donkey, and they're laying their cloaks down and waving palm branches. And these are all celebrations of of victory and recognizing uh, the presence of a king. And then here's what they were shouting. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, doesn't that sound like what the angel said? Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And it's like like looking back to the angels when they came to the shepherds in the field that night when Jesus was born. And it's harking back to that whole beginning. And that's what we're prepping for. We're prepping for that beginning, the celebration of Christmas. It's when God broke into the the realms of space and time in the form of a little baby, his son, that was swaddled and laid in a dirty old manger in a dirty old barn, pretty inauspicious for the king to come, for the one who's going to be the savior of the world. But we remember that, and we remember that That's the beginning of what Jesus' whole ministry was going to be about when he started his ministry. It was about going to the humble and the poor and the oppressed and those people that have been dirtied up and stained by sin in the world. And so he came into the world to work out that plan of salvation. And we know, we rehearse them every year, all the events that surrounded that coming with... with, uh, you know, no room at the end, and there's the stable, and then Jesus is born, and the angels appear to the shepherds and, and you know, in a miraculous way, and then all of a sudden, as far as Mary and Joseph are concerned, out of nowhere, these shepherds show up, and they come in and they worship this baby in this barn. And then the shepherds, they go out, and they tell everybody what they just saw. They said they were amazed, and so they're telling everybody. And so it's that whole story that we love so much and that we celebrate and that we spend a whole month getting ready for. Although most of our preparations seem to be around the commercial part of Christmas, but, but we know and in our hearts we take time and that's what we do during Advent season is to get ready for that is that first coming of Christ into the world as God begins to fulfill the promise that he made centuries before that. But then we also look during the season of Advent, we look at another coming of Christ, at the second coming. We looked at that a little bit last week when we, when we celebrated Christ the King and we talked about Christ's return in glory with all the hosts of heaven and coming back. But... From where we sit right now, we know that that's going to happen. Sometime down the road, that's going to happen. We may see it, we may not see it. And so when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he was writing to people that 
were being persecuted. In, in the earlier part of the chapter, before what we read, he says that he wants no one to be unsettled by the trials, for you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. So there was persecution for the, for the Christians uh, that Paul was writing to in this letter. But he was commending them for their faithfulness in the face of that. And he was directing their attention to when Christ was going to come because he asked for them to be strengthened um, to be strengthened and to be presented before God, blameless and holy, when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So he's focusing in them on that. In fact, he even thought it was going to come in their lifetime because uh, a little bit later, uh, later on in the next chapter, he says, um, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. There was a question about what are those that have, what about those that have already died? Because they really thought Jesus was going to come back while they were still alive. In the second letter of the Thessalonians, he backs off of that and says, well, we don't really know when it's going to be. But the focus was on that second coming of Christ when he wrote to them. And it's about what it means to be prepared, what it means to be ready when that comes. So generally, the first couple of weeks in Advent, we kind of focus on that. How is it that we're prepared? What do our hearts need to look like? in order to be ready for Christ when he does come back again. And then the second half, we really focus on getting ready for Christmas and the fulfillment of the prophecy. But of all the comings of Christ, the first, the last, the one that has the most direct impact on us is his coming to us in the present, right now. I was looking at our daily bread, the devotion uh, for for today this morning, and they and it referred us to Psalm 40, and uh, where David is talking about God's deliverance. But at the very end of the psalm, David says this: "Me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think on me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay." David knew that it was really important that, that, that the Lord be with him in the present, that the Lord come to him in the present for his life, the way he was living it right now, because he knew what his need was. Psalm 46, the one that a mighty fortress is on, starts out, the, God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Jesus comes to us in our lives every day. The name of our church is Emmanuel. God is with us, is what that means. So the coming of Christ into our lives right now has the most direct impact on us because none of us, none of us leave this life unscathed by the sin 
that has effects on everything in this life. We are not unscathed by the sin of others because it affects us, creates problems for us, creates problems in the world, and we're touched by that. We are not unscathed by the sin that still lives inside of us. Even though we have Christ in us, that sin is still there. And sometimes we do things that have consequences, and we are affected by those. But even in the broadest sense of looking at sin in the world, it has effects on the whole world that bring hardships and trials and sickness and problems into people's lives. And ultimately, it brings death into our lives. And we are all affected by that. We are all subject to that. And besides all the hardships that come to us personally, there are things like persecutions and ridicule that can come because of who we are, and it's because of the sin in the world. You may have seen this. I just saw it on the news in the last couple of days. Uh, An elementary school girl in uh, Katy, Texas, was given an F uh, on on an assignment or in in one of the courses because she refused to say in class that God is a myth. And so there's publicity about she went to the school board and, you know, and, and stuff like that. But she refused to say that God is a myth. And because of that, she was given an F. Now, that's just maybe in the long run, that's a, a little persecution, but it still is. But then you go to the other extreme and you can see Christians around the world being killed for their faith. Well, that's all the result of sin. And we are all touched by that and affected by that. And we all need to be delivered. And Christ comes into our lives. He comes to us with his love, just like he came into the world. He comes to us in, in power and gives us power, just like when he came into the world, it was the power of God at work. We all have things that we deal with, but Jesus says, I am there for you. I have come For you, here, now, in this day, I have not delayed to come to you to give you power and strength. And so as we prepare for Advent, getting ready for Christ to come, we hear the words that Paul wrote in the lesson today to the Thessalonians. He says, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. And may he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes as he did the first time. When he comes with all his holy ones, as he will at the last. And when he comes each day to be with you.